goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome my friends. It's already midweek. To Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour, 800-848-WABC is... The number to call if you want to be part of the program today, 800-848-9222. Deuces high. A lot, of course, going on. The war overseas in Israel still continues in Gaza Strip. In fact, uh, the IDF took some of the heaviest losses for their in a ground war ever uh, the other day, 15 dead. And there are all sorts of comments still going on. The New York Times has a story today about Iran and Iran's involvement. They say that after years of vowing to destroy Israel, Iran now faces a dilemma. Their dilemma is whether they are going to just be all mouth, a paper tiger, or whether they're going to keep their word and actually do something more than talk about the destruction of Israel. It's an article we will spend a few moments uh, with. There is also an article today in the Washington Post, an op-ed piece by a guy named Arden Barton, who's a Jewish student at Harvard. He's appalled. He's appalled by the so-called intimidation of his classmates. We'll spend a few moments with that. All sorts of political news. The new Speaker of the House, the smear jobs on him continue. It's amazing. Rush used to do um, on the show, he used to do this with the electronic media. He would, he would play examples of the echo chamber. He would, when, when reporters would come in, and introduce their stories, he would just take the clips of all of them, and you'd hear the same words over and over again. If someone had a phrase that they wanted to attach to Republicans, it starts, and then it just would mushroom throughout the media. It was very funny to listen to it. The same thing happens in print, of course. I have two stories, just an example. There is a column in the Washington Post, the Amazon Prime Washington Post today, by Kate Cohen, a contributing columnist. And she says, Mike Johnson is a pro-gun Christian nationalist. Yes, be afraid. And then from the esteemed columnist in the New York Times, Thomas B. Edsel, his column, The Embodiment of the Embodiment of white Christian nationalism in a tailored suit. We pointed out the other day that that Charles, I'm sorry, that Mike Johnson was under attack 
for being a quote-unquote Christian nationalist. With Mr. Edsel, it's a white Christian nationalist. Now, imagine the outrage if Fox News, for instance, would do a story, Hakeem Jeffries, black Christian nationalist, be afraid. Imagine any conservative outlet running that story, and you'd see how ridiculous it is. Or let's say if Mr. Hakeem Jeffries were a, were a Muslim, a, a practitioner of Islam, the embodiment of black Muslim nationalism, they would have a cow. But it's okay, this continued drive to attack the new Speaker of the House because he is white, his skin color, because he is a Christian, his religion, and lumping them together. And, and he's a nationalist. He's a patriot. He's a nationalist. He cares about the conditions of this country. And so that is, those are the grounds to attack him. And they're fair game. They're fair game in the mainstream media. Mike Johnson, pro-gun, Christian nationalist. Yes, be very, very afraid. There are millions of Americans who have guns, who are Christian. That reminds you of the Obama remark, doesn't it? When Obama was in San Francisco on, in his run-up to his election, complaining about the bitter clingers, as he called them. They're these bitter clingers out there. They're holding on to their guns and their Bibles. These bitter Christians, gun-loving Christians. Well, this is, an, this is okay for the attack against the new Speaker of the House. The Hill today says that the Republicans are setting a political track for Democrats with the way that they've structured the Israeli bill, the Israeli aid bill. Another one from Fox News, that Democrats could be split for a generation as the left continues to tear itself up over what is going on in Israel at the moment. So all of those things are on the table and more. I have tons of other articles. As you know, Donald Trump is in town, Jr. President Trump, former President Trump, issued a statement last night on True Social saying the judge needs to stay away from his children, stop attacking his children. Donald Trump, Jr. is set to testify, may be testifying as we speak right now in that phony persecution trial brought by the anti-Trump, the hate-Trump, Attorney General of New York, Letitia James. Donald Trump continues to be under attack and continues to lead in the polls, by the way. More stories about Biden corruption. 82,000 pages of emails under three fake names during his time as vice president. That's what's been uncovered. This is bigger than even the Hillary 
Clinton email scandal. Yet, of course, nothing. And they found another 40 grand in payments from members of his family smuggled to him. You'll find that story at the Daily Mail, the Daily BS, I think, and others today. In case you didn't know, and I'm running through headlines really quickly. I want to give you a fair view of some of the things in the email before I dig into a few stories. There is another large uh, caravan of illegal immigrants headed to the U.S. This one, so far, seven to 8,000 people. As our border continues to be wide open, white supremacy in the news. Story in Fox News today, Pittsburgh Public Schools approved the measure to instruct teachers on white supremacy in mathematics classes. Pittsburgh Public Schools, they're hiring a consulting group that educates teachers on how to replace white supremacy culture practices and math instruction. Now, if this makes no sense to you, it shouldn't. Math is math. And what they are saying is, in so many words, but they won't ever just say it the way I will right now. What they're saying is that black kids are too dumb and too stupid and too illiterate to understand math because math and the teaching of math is wrapped up in white supremacy. Never mind the fact that among the people that understood math long before America was born were, quote-unquote, the Egyptians with their pyramids and also the ancient Greeks. We can't overlook them either. And you cannot overlook ancient Persia, right? The, the countries today that are Iran, Iraq, Persia, and that region. Mathematics has been understood by, quote-unquote, peoples of color, whether they be black people, brown people. If you go to Mexico and you go look at the structures that were built then by the Aztec, there is no way to build those structures without an advanced understanding of mathematics to the perfection that they were built. But yet here we are in this advanced society, so-called, and we get treated with this nonsense from the public schools that we have to take white supremacy out of math classes. It's just such a bunch of rot gut, total BS. And what they're saying, again, black kids are too stupid to understand math we got to come up with new ways because they just don't get it. It's too white, the way that math is taught. Math is about factual information. It's about proving and disproving on the basis of as sound as we can get numbers. Numbers have no inherent racism in them. This is such stupidity. But yet, this is what American schools on your dime, public schools are wasting their times doing. Well, while we're on white supremacy, don't let me f forget this. The American, on, on, how do you pronounce this word? Ornithological society. Birds. Ornithological, yes, birds. The people that look at birds. Ornithological. Orthological. Bo, real quick, did you hear the, about the conspiracy that birds aren't real? Oh, no. <laughs> what? Tell me about it. 
I have to apparently consult. birds apparently birds aren't real and they're uh robots uh spying on us on behalf of the government. I will have to ask the Countess of Conspiracy about this one. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. You're welcome. Ornithological Society is saying they're now going to alter the names of North American birds named after human, humans. They're going to start renaming birds, 80 of them. You know why? Because the 80 bird names that they're going to change are named after enslavers and racists. So now we have to wipe out the enslavers and the racists because the poor birds don't want to be named after racists and enslavers. They're robots anyway, I guess. So, I mean, who the hell? <laughs> what the? What the? What? What about penguins? I don't. I, I mean, <laughs> penguins. <laughs> what the? <laughs> yeah. So that's it. We're gonna wipe out all the racism and math, and then we're gonna move on and wipe out all the wipe out all the racism and birds, ladies and gentlemen. Got too many birds walking around with those racist names, and every time you call those birds a racist name, it just further and further denigrates our society. We can't have birds with racist names named after an enslaver. Oh, we've got that to worry about. By the way, this this society here whose name I can barely pronounce, I did go to public school, Ornithological Society. They have the coolest app, one of the coolest apps ever of all time. It's called Merlin. Folks, this app is so, I have this app, and I use this app. What you do is, you, 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 it's a recording app. So, for instance, if you go out in the morning, and you start the app, it will record all of the bird sounds, and then it will identify the birds that it hears. And so you can find out what birds, and let me tell you, you will be surprised sometimes, the number of birds that are in your vicinity, especially during migration times, and the number of species of birds that are around. But anyway, we're going to get rid of the racist bird names so that the birds can be pure again, those that aren't robots. And we're going to get rid of the racist math so that only pure math is left. Unwhite un math is left. Freaking liberals. Um, you know, it's just... All right, the, the story that I wanted to start off with, and I should have been done with this story by now after going through all that. The story I want to start off with is a very serious story. Why was the main shooter allowed to have guns? Questions swirl in the wake of massacre. I've been talking about this since the very beginning of the story. A history of mental illness, an array of weapons. Law enforcement knew about his potential for violence, but, 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 but he was still able to own guns and commit the deadliest mass shooting in Maine's history. One week later, many in Lewiston and nationwide are asking, why did he have guns at all? And this is an interesting question. One of the people, Mark Collins, a federal policy director at the Gun Violence Prevention Group, the Brady Group, said this guy, Card, did everything short of taking out a front-page ad in the newspaper saying he was going to commit an atrocity. The U.S. Army Reserve spent time at a psychiatric facility in New York this summer, reportedly blamed fellow military officials for his hospitalization. 
He threatened to shoot up an Army Reserve's drill center in Seiko, Maine, and other places. He said he was going to get them. Why did he have guns? It comes down to this. Authorities at the state and federal level have not said that Card's history of mental illness should have triggered laws that kept him from owning guns. There was nothing on Card's record before the shooting that would have kept him from passing a federal background check to buy a gun, the Bureau of ATF said in a statement. Involuntary commitments are reported to federal authorities differently from state to state. Not Generally, though, not everyone who gets a mental health treatment at the facility is considered involuntarily committed. Each state has agencies that should report it, but it's not legally required everywhere. Maine does require the State Bureau of Identification to report commitments to the FBI database, but he was in another state. So here's the answer. Let me cut to the chase of this. Here's the answer. We have all these laws on the books, but now we have government agencies and state governments that don't talk to each other. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound, it should sound very familiar. After 9-1-1, after the 9-11 terrorist attacks, we were told, oh, well, you know, yeah, we had some some hints about it, but the thing is the Justice Department couldn't talk to the to the CIA, the CIA couldn't talk to blah, blah, blah. So you have all this big and massive government, and none of it works because they don't communicate with each other because there are no clear lines. So you have all these laws, all these laws from all your big government, and the laws are already in place. The laws are there. But yet when it comes time and something like this happens, what we hear is, oh, well, yeah, well, we do have all these laws, but, you know, we don't really have a law uh, that covers. Yes, we do. Oh, but, you know, then the states are not talking to each other. They're not all required to do this. And, and the states and the federal, it's different. This is a failure of government. We have laws on the books. Government can't get its act together. But yet the solution is to pass even more laws? Really? America takes us in. Today is Dan Peake's birthday, born in 1950. The group America. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. On this day, 1969, the Beatles scored their 13th 
number one album in the United States of America. I think that if you had to do a poll, this is probably the most recognizable album cover of all time. That being the album cover from the Abbey Road album. The final studio recordings from the group featured two George Harrison songs, this one, and also Here Comes the Sun. And let's not forget the so-called clues, the conspiracy kooks even then, out in full force with the Paul is dead phenomenon. Yeah, because Paul is barefoot. The car number plate L M W eight one eight two eight one F supposedly referred to the fact that McCartney would have been twenty eight years old. If the whole thing was kook. The kooks were out even then. But still great album from the Beatles. And George Harrison's writing, absolutely remarkable. All right, you know, we're going to take some phone calls early because I need a few phone lines free because we're going to do a ticket giveaway later on in the show, and I'm telling you right now, so that you can just say, well, what are you giving away? Well, just wait for it. You're going to want to go. Totally going to want to go. Very quickly, let me get to this story that I teased up during the uh, opening segment of our program today. Two weeks ago. More than 30 student groups at Harvard University proclaimed that the Israeli regime was entirely responsible for the bloody October 7th Hamas attack on Israel. The response to the group's joint statement was immediate and furious. Students whose names were originally attached to the statement online received racist and threatening messages. (gasps) A panel truck appeared around Harvard's campus bearing electronic screens that broadcast the students' names and larger-than-life photos. <gasps> oh. The students were targeted by national organizations, as were some of the family members. The doxing truck even showed up near some of the students' homes. Oh. Similar stories have played out on other campuses. That same doxing truck turned up last week at Columbia University. <gasps> oh. As a Jew writes Mr. Aiden Barton, I understand the anger provoked by ignorant and offensive statements about Israel, but as an American student, I am appalled, I am appalled by the intimidation of my classmates. What worries me more than this specific round of doxing is what seems to be a general increase in instantaneous and intense attention that influential outsiders are paying to campus controversies. Nearly every week, it seems, isolated instances of student leftism or conservatism are reported in the national media and attacked in thousands, even millions of online comments. The Harvard Crimson editorial board opinion on Harvard's new college application format, for example, was criticized on Fox News and the Daily Mail with the latter's website posting pictures of individual students involved. College students can take criticism, but it should be commensurate and educational. And it goes on, blah, blah, blah. So it was supposed to be appalled because these poor little college students that are out there protesting Israel and doing all these other things, 
these are the same ones, by the way, that won't let campus uh, let let campuses have conservative speakers without throwing massive protests. They're the same ones that demand that whatever cause they're supporting, whether it be girls using, I mean, boys using girls' bathrooms or whatever it is. Eh, look, this guy, no, stop telling us who these students are. Stop doxing them. They're big enough to take a public stand. They're writing a public letter. They want to be noticed. Notice me. Notice me. I'm standing up for the cause. Well, you're being noticed. So shut up about complaining. You, you, you sign on to these public protests, dear college students, because you want to be noticed. You want your voice to be heard. So your voices are being heard, and people want to know who you are. So shut up about complaining. Be glad. People know who you are. Intimidation. It's intimidation when they get pushback. They're just supposed to be able to put whatever wild ideas out there into the universe, and no one is supposed to be able to push back on them by name. I don't like doxing. I don't like a lot of what goes on. But at the same time, if you're going to put yourself out there, and these, especially these leftist causes, then be prepared for a little bit of blowback. That's all. If I'm wrong, tell me. Arnie mentioned, by the way, that the largest migrant caravan in a year, including some 7,000 people, headed to the U.S. Its leader claims President Biden has dropped the ball on immigration and allowed Latin American countries to gang up on his administration. So this latest caravan, guess what, has migrants from Cuba, El Salvador, Guatemala, Haiti, Honduras, and Venezuela, they left Mexico on Monday. They are bound for the U.S. border. And that's where they are headed. Isn't that just remarkable? Birthday day for Jim Steinman. Composer, lyricist, record producer. Worked with Meatloaf. His most successful chart singles, this one. Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart, here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Boston Early's Rush Hour, coming back with you right after this. Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Heavenly birthday today for Ronald Bell. 
American composer, singer, songwriter, Ronald Bell, who with Cool and the Gang had this one. This one and over 15 other top 40 hits. One of the most successful groups of their era, Cool and the Gang. Heavenly birthday for Ronald Bell, who died on uh, the 9th of September 2020. He was 68 years old. And that, of course, is JT. Uh, doing the lead vocals on this. I need the attention of every woman in this audience. Every single woman. I need your attention. I may have a solution for you for something. Okay, here's the deal. Ladies, do I have your attention? Okay, do you know how sometimes ladies, your, your, your husband or your boyfriend might ask you to do something. You don't really want to do it, but, you know, your husband, your boyfriend, they say, uh, so, and, 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 and you feel, sometimes you feel obligated to do things. There was a nursing nurse sent me a, a, a cartoon that I, I fell out. It was a woman, picture this, in a head-to-toe cast, in traction, laying on a hospital bed. And her husband is saying to her, so, Let's be really clear. You're saying you can't cook dinner tonight, right? So, uh, ladies, there are sometimes, you know, husband, boyfriend ask you to do things you don't want to do, right? Well, now there's a reason for perhaps one of those things. Here is the problem. I can't do the story until Saturday, but this is one, because we have to give this time. We don't have time to do it all right now. So I'm giving you advance notice. I'm going to remind you again before Saturday. This is one just casually mentioned to your husband, Oh, you know what? We need to listen to Bo Snerdly, to the, to the Saturday morning radio extravaganza this weekend. And, and I'm going to do this story. <clears throat> and this might help a solution for something, for one thing. Here's the story. It is in the Daily Mail. To, uh, uh, it is in the Daily Mail, but you know, you're probably not going to have time to read it. I'll do it for you on Saturday. And more importantly, I'll do it for your husband or your boyfriend. Here's the headline. Doctor implies oral sex has surpassed smoking and alcohol as the greatest risk factor for throat cancer. Yes, men are more at risk. <clears throat> it gets into detail by this. Doing certain things carries risk in it. And so if you don't like doing those things, there's a, a doctor implies that oral sex has surpassed smoking and alcohol as the greatest risk, risk factor for throat cancer. CJ, hold on to this story until Saturday. You may give it back to me. Thank you. You may give it back to me Friday. We'll remind everybody we're going to do that story. And, um, yeah, let's get to the telephone. Let us start in Brooklyn, New York, with Robert. Robert, you were on WABC Boston early. It's our afternoon rush hour. Hi, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. You know, in terms of what you mentioned about the Pittsburgh school, um, 
you know, they, they should start, instead of talking about nonsense like white supremacy and math, math they should be worried about, you know, teaching the basics like reading, writing, and arithmetic, not indoctrinating, and we have to worry about kids being mutilated. Um, it's just terrific. The other thing is, in terms of the aid to Israel, you know, the new speaker, he seems to be a MAGA person, a very good person. He's insisting that the Ukraine and the Israel aid should be separate bills. They shouldn't be bunching them together. Um, and also, they're not the same amounts. Israel, they're proposing $14 billion. Ukraine is $60 billion. So it's not right to put them together and just to force. If you, it's, just, it's like holding hostage. If you want to give to Israel, holding hostage, you have to also support the $60 billion to Ukraine to get the $14 billion to Israel. This is not right. And shame on the minority leader, McConnell. They should get a new minority leader. just like I said, newer speaker. And Schumer, you know, Schumer can't get out of this unscathed. Schumer is supposed to be, you know, the great defender of Israel. I remember hearing Schumer 40 years ago, like when I was 10 years old in my synagogue. He, at that point, he was a member of the House of Representatives. Oh, he's talking about defending Israel. Well, you know, talk is cheap. He's the head of the Senate. What is he doing? Why should we be held hostage to send $60 billion to Ukraine and maybe $10 billion to Hamas to get the $14 billion to Israel? It's just outrageous. It's like a, an extortion unit. It's worse than the, the mafia. It's terrible. Now, to your point, the new House Speaker, much to the chagrin of the entire Republican and Democrat establishment in Washington, has, as he put it, bifurcated that bill. He wants to pay for the aid for Israel with cuts through the IRS bill. That's got them all in a wad up in D.C. And they are saying, everyone's saying, look, this is never going to pass the Senate. The Senate's going to put both of them together. But the House is in charge of appropriations. And so he's doing a very bold move here by his first piece of legislation. And, and by the way, doing this is going to put some Democrats in an uncomfortable position. That is the article in The Hill that I referred to, GOP sets political trap for Democrats was the, with the Israeli bill. House Democrats are going to face a tough vote this week as they consider a $14.3 billion Israel aid bill that includes cuts to the IRS funding to pay for the package. They're already out. New York Times or, 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 or the Amazon Prime Washington Post, one of them had an article, this shows how unserious this be. No, this shows exactly how serious he is. He's putting it on the table. They don't like, Democrats don't like being called out. And they're being called out right now on this never. So those of you that support Ukraine, I get that. But this aid package, if, if it has so much support, then they shouldn't mind the aid, pa the aid package being voted on separately. And you're absolutely right. Thank you, Robert. Let us go to Bob in Lakewood. Bob, how are you? Welcome. You're on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Hi, Boast. I had an idea for the migrant crisis in New York City. I want to get your take on that. Um, we know that there's a, a workers' problem in Israel. Uh, all the reservists, 350,000 men and women, went to the army, and they have no workers. I feel that maybe all the um, migrants can fly to Israel since they're giving out free tickets. Uh, I just wanted to get your take on that. Interesting thought. I don't know how many of them. Look, here's the problem with that. And I want you to just think about this. A lot of these migrants are unwilling to stand up to their own governments and fight for their freedom in their own countries. Doubtful whether they would want to fight for Israel. 
doubtful whether many of them would even want to fight for the United States after having their hand out when they come here. Not all of them, because, of course, many immigrants who come here are the hardest working people that you'd ever want to see, many of them. But there are some, especially you have a lot of male, single males that have come over this time, and I don't know whether they would have that kind of, um, how shall we say, drive if they thought that their lives could be put in harm's way to actually support Israel in that manner. But, Bob, I do think it's a great idea. I wonder if, 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 it, if it would get any traction out there. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Peter in New Jersey, you are up next on WABC. Hello. Hey, Peter. What's on your mind? I'm wondering why there's uh, been no news about the strike at Robert Wood Johnson Hospital. Nurses have been on strike since September 1st. And one of their main issues is uh, staffing, which benefits all of us. Well, now, you know what? The nurses in this country, and not just at Robert Wood Johnson, I don't know, by the way, why it's not receiving more attention than it is. I was unaware that there was a nurse's strike at Robert Wood Johnson Hospital. But I will tell you this. Nurses in this country are severely overworked right now, but it's because of what happened during COVID. And it's because you may remember this. You may remember that some of these brave, heroic nurses and doctors who risk their lives for everybody at the beginning of COVID, before it was known exactly what it was, they were going in, they were working, didn't stop them. These brave heroes, these first responder nurses, these nurses who give and sacrifice so much for all of us, were then targeted by some of these same establishments. Either you take this vaccine or you're fired. And many of them, being in the medical profession, could do research and had medical knowledge that a lot of us don't have. And many of them said, we don't want it. No, thank you. We've already had COVID. We have natural immunity. We don't need it. But they were forced anyway, and they were treated like criminals. These heroic nurses were treated like criminals by their employees, and so many of them left the profession. And right now, the profession is suffering because many of them were fired. This is a self-inflicted wound, and the medical, the medical vertical, the medical establishment, the medical industry in this country needs to do the right thing, not just by nurses, but to doctors and everyone else who raised objections. And they need to reinstate these people, give them back pay, and beg them to come back and say how sorry they are for ever firing them. And until then, they're going to have problems. And it's all a self-inflicted problem. Peter, thank you. We have to check in right now with Lou Dobbs and Red Hot Chili Peppers as well we're going to take going in Birthday day for Anthony Titus. 
the singer and co-fighter, co-founder of the group The Red Hot Chili Peppers, on WABC. Checking in with Lou Dobbs. We got a giveaway coming up. Don't turn away. Keep it right here. It's understood that Hollywood sells Californication. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 1969, Elvis Presley. Number one in America. With his 18th number one single, Suspicious Minds on WABC Talk Radio 77. My friends, I've been telling you we have a giveaway. This is the moment to do it. 77 WABC listeners, join the Big Apple Circus in their 46th year for an eye-popping, jaw-dropping extravaganza of imaginative... This is so awesome. Imaginative acts, wondrous spectacles that give a fresh take on the classical circus tradition. You can come out and see the Journey to the Rainbow as it kicks off November 8th. That is only a few days away, November 8th. So hurry, hurry, hurry. It's a limited eight-week run. You don't want to miss out. Lucky for you, I don't have just two tickets. I have a four-pack, a four-pack. Take the kids. All of them, or most of them, if you've been getting busy, a four-pack of tickets to give away right now. If you're the seventh caller, 800-848-9222, you take home with you a four-pack of tickets. They're all yours. Journey to a dreamlike wonderland with Journey to the Rainbow, where New York City charm blends seamlessly with European circus performance. Be the seventh caller right now, 800-848-9222. A four-pack of tickets are yours. You can also get tickets. You can get tickets on sale at BigAppleCircus.com. BigAppleCircus.com. Let us go to the phone really quick. Silas from Staten Island, you're next. Yes. I wanted to speak about the... um not only with this attack, do you really think we could reason with people who would put a baby in an oven or cut their head? No, off? no, There's no way we could. And no. So, and the, and this didn't just pop up. These people were here. It didn't just pop up that day that all these people in schools and all were ready to march against it and, and tell us to stop, uh, you know, a ceasefire and all. They've been here just waiting. And, now, you keep saying they're here. You're saying they're here in America. You're saying these same terrorists, Hamas terrorists, you believe that there are terror cells in the United States already. That is that is what you're saying, correct? Yes, and they're sympathizers. Well, now, we see, the, we see the sympathizers parading themselves on college campuses all over America. We see the sympathizers all over leftist America. So, yes, we know that the sympathizers are out here, but this is the danger of open borders, and that's what he's pointed out. We don't know. We don't know how many people have entered this country. You just heard there's another caravan on the way, and people from all over, from Cuba, from Haiti, from Venezuela, 
from from uh, uh, El Salvador, from Guatemala, are here. Not to mention, there was a report just two weeks ago that over some odd, it was, it was in, in the tens, like 60, 70 countries, they found people flooding through the open borders who want to come to America. They have not been vetted. And so we don't know who they are. Now, usually, folks, and thank you for the call so much, Silas. You bring up a great point. We usually, on this show, reserve the last segment for our theme. But today, we salute David Foster. The, it is his birthday today. The Canadian musician, producer, composer. His list of collaborations is a who's who. The Bee Gees, John Lennon, Michael Bublé, Clay Aiken, Celine Dion, Barbara Streisand, Kenny Rogers, Faith Hill, The Coors, George Harrison, Chicago, Earth, Wind and Fire, Chaka Khan, Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, Richard Marks, Mariah Carey, Destiny's Child, Olivia Newton-John, Dolly Parton, Julio Iglesias, Madonna, David Foster is a one-man music industry. Happy birthday to David Foster. May God bless and protect each and every one of you, your family, and your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Boston Early's Rush Hour to do it all over again. And see you then. Bye. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.